Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sit back, relax, enjoy the show, buckle up. I can assure you, this is the only place you need to be for the next 45 minutes right here with us on the Brilliant Dumb Show. I'm Big Game Bob, coming to you on your local airwaves, however you're listening, whyever you're listening. Folks, we're just happy you are indeed listening. I don't know why I said were, because it's just me here coming to you live from my living room. Like the good old days, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be me, it is going to be you, and we are going to talk the shit for the next 45 minutes For our sports segment, the first thing that I want to get off my chest, we didn't have a podcast last week, um, so I didn't get to talk about this Jake Paul fight. The YouTuber, they're doing a lot of these fights now with different YouTubers, TikTok stars. I got to be quite frank with you. I don't mind it. I, I, I really don't. I don't hate it. I think we're so naturally prone to dislike this type of stuff, but I thought it was very entertaining. Justin Bieber performed. Snoop Dogg was eight blunts in commentating the fights. They kind of handled it like the Super Bowl. They had no regard for what time they were going to start. They told you 7 p.m. start. They weren't starting that sucker till 1130. And I was chasing. I had a shitty day gambling that day to where I couldn't hit a single bet. So the last bet of the night, you always chase regardless of what it is. You got to have action on it. Do you know how many Fresno State versus Hawaii games that I've bet on in my day? Up in my living room, East Coast, 1.30 in the morning, watching Hawaii take on Fresno State, rooting for an under of 68 points. I did that with the Jake Paul fight. I had nothing left to bet. I wasn't thrilled about betting on Jake Paul, but I did. And I wasn't thrilled about betting on a YouTuber, on a guy like Jake Paul, Till I saw Jake Paul in the locker room prior to the fight. They had a camera on just about everybody that walked in to the ring that night. Family, Justin Bieber, all these different celebrities. It made it quite interesting. But I was so confident in this Jake Paul bet. And I didn't really know much about Jake Paul to bet him. All I knew was that he was the favorite. And when you're chasing late at night, last bet of the night, You have no choice but to pick a favorite because you're not in a position to take an underdog. So anybody you see with the minus next to him, that's the guy you're picking. Jake Paul was my guy. And I'll tell you when I knew I was good on this bet. In the locker room, they're showing Jake Paul. And I saw some clips of him at the weigh-in and all of that. Jake Paul, I always like to bet on the guy who's just got nothing to lose or just has no idea where he is that is so mentally not there that you're going to have to kill the guy in order to knock him out because they're just not going to go down. It's like trying to knock down that monster from the Goonies. Like you're going to have to kill that monster if you're going to win the fight. Jake Paul has no idea where he is. I'm looking at this guy. and Yeah, he's got millions of dollars living a great life. I respect the guy. But I'm thinking, I'm looking at him. I'm like, you're going to have to knock this guy out. If you have any shot, you're going to have to kill the guy. Every time I looked at Jake Paul, it was like somebody just called his name and he didn't know where it was coming from. He's in the locker room with no one there, just bobbing around, looking around the room, looking at the ceiling. Big celebrities are coming in to say hello to him and he just doesn't really give a shit. Looked like something out of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. 
You know, he just like doesn't really know where he is. And that's the guy I want to bet on. And sure enough, Jake Paul, maybe 30 seconds in, knocks the lights out of this guy, Ben Askren. He had to win. Even watching Jake Paul walk into the ring, it's like he didn't really know where he was going. It's like he thought he was going to play center field. That's the guy I want to bet on. The guy that's either got no idea where he is or has got nothing to lose. Every time I go to bet a UFC fight, I always look for the guy that's not really there. I don't want the guy with the 12-pack, good chin, good set of hair, good-looking family sitting there ringside. That guy's got a lot to lose. I like watching these guys walk in. I watched the UFC guy walk in, and I hammered the bet before it started. I watched this guy walk out to the octagon, and he just had a canvas of tattoos. And on his chest, he had the Tasmanian devil. And the Tasmanian devil was holding up two nine millimeters in each direction. And that's what this guy chose to put on his chest. Give me that guy. Let me put my money on that guy with Tasmanian devil tattooed on his chest. Just a canvas of tattoos. Nothing to lose. He already lost it before he got that Tasmanian devil tattoo. That guy was at such a low in his life that he walked into a tattoo parlor and said, you know what you do, boss? Just fuck me up. Put a Tasmanian devil on the chest. Give him two black nine millimeters. And let me just walk around the streets like that. And after I walk around the streets for a little bit, I might give UFC a try. That's the guy I'm betting on. And he won. And by the way, say what you want about the guy. People always want to hate on it and say, oh, why am I going to watch some YouTuber fight? Jake Paul can throw hands. This guy's got a mean right followed up by a mean left. He does it. I got news for you. I ain't stepping into the ring with Jake Paul. No way in hell. And everyone says, oh, this isn't true boxing. What has true boxing given us in the past 10 years? Muhammad Ali retired 40 years ago after that boxing was dead. So I don't mind seeing a couple YouTubers box. Let's see if they could throw hands. TikTok stars getting into the ring now. Fuck it. I see that guy on my timeline from time to time. Let's see him if I could throw hands. I couldn't name five boxers in the world of boxing today. No chance. No chance. So let these guys go. Any who, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Berlin Dumb Show, we are moving on. I want to pose a question to you folks, something that, that it's been in my head for quite some time now, and it goes to show just the type of shit that's in my head on a day-to-day basis, and that is this. Is there anything more inconsistent than a car charger? The car charger is the Kyrie Irving of electronic accessories. You never know when it's going to show up and when it's not going to show up. Every single day, the Brooklyn Nets organization sits around their home court and they wonder, is Kyrie Irving going to show up today? They want Kyrie Irving to show up. They're a better team when he does show up, but they never know when he is going to show up. That's what goes on with the car charger. You never know when your car charger is going to work. And it's not like the car charger will just stop working and that's the end of it. No. The car charger will stop working on a Tuesday 
and then bounce back Wednesday morning and be working perfectly fine water under the bridge from Tuesday. I don't know what happened in between Tuesday and Wednesday with my car charger, but something happened to where now it's working. Car chargers are the most inconsistent thing of all time. And nobody's talking about it. Nobody questions it. And the reason we don't question it is we don't know who to blame. We don't know who's at fault. Is it the outlet's fault or is it the wire's fault? I call Apple about my car charger not working in my Honda and they tell me to ask Honda. I call Honda about my why my charger isn't working in my Honda. They tell me to call Apple. Everybody's pointing the finger on the car charger. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You never know when it's going to work. You never know when it's going to show up. I go to my car every morning with about 80% battery, 15-minute ride to work, hoping that gets me to about 90 95%. I don't know if my car charger is going to work that day. You ever go into an Uber? This is when it always gets entry. You ever go into an Uber and ask for a charger? And most of them nowadays do have the charger. I would say about 75, 80% do have a car charger. The 20% that don't, they never just give you a yes or no answer. There's always a sob story to how they lost their car charger. And it was always the last guy that was just in here that lost it. It was always the last guy, not the guy 10 trips ago. It was always the last guy that right before you is when they lost their car charger. It's always a sad story. Excuse me, sir, do you have a car charger? I don't. The last guy that was in here, he had his dog. His dog escaped out of the car. He went to go get his dog, took his phone with him, forgetting that it was plugged into the charger. Charger snapped off, wrapped around the tree on Santa Monica Boulevard. Now it's 55 feet up in the air, wrapped around the tree. And by the time they're finished describing what happened to their charger, your ride is over. Sorry to hear about your charger, sir. Thanks for the ride, though. Thanks for the lift. Can't we go find that last guy and get that charger back? That's a very crucial part to the Uber rating is having a charger. Nowadays, everybody's so concerned with having a whole vending machine in your back seat. Last Uber I went to had gobstoppers in it. I didn't know gobstoppers were still around, but the guy didn't have a charger. He's got now and laters. He's got gobstoppers. He's got a Keurig in his back. I can make a cup of coffee if I want to, but I can't charge my phone. All I'm going with this is somebody needs to hold car chargers accountable. Who do we put point the finger to and let us point the finger there? Because there is nothing more inconsistent right now than Kyrie Irving and a car charger. When is it going to show up? We don't know. Let's get that fixed, ladies and gentlemen. And phone chargers, are, are it's just a very sensitive thing with people. You ever walk into a restaurant, one of the worst questions you can ask a hostess is if they could charge your phone. They'll do it, but you're going to get a look. I would rather ask a hostess to turn a four-top table into a 15-top table, walk in and say, hey, by the way, that reservation for four is now a reservation for 15. I would rather have to ask that than to ask the hostess, 
can you charge my phone? It's always, yeah, yeah, we could charge your phone. They take it, charge that thing up. It's like fast food employees with the sauce. Fast food employees are very sensitive about giving you extra sauce. They don't care about anything else. You could go through a McDonald's at two in the morning and that line could be backed up down the street. You got the guy at the cashier smoking dope, just ripping on a joint. He don't give a shit when you get your order or how you get your order. They just want to keep you moving. They don't really care. They don't care how the operation goes. And to be quite frank, nor should they. I mean, if I was working at a McDonald's or or whatever, I wouldn't really give a shit either. I don't blame them. I really don't. But something about when you ask them for extra sauce, they become very protective of the franchise. They don't want to give out free sauce. I don't know if they want to take that sauce home and you're now taken from their pantry, but something with fast food employees, they don't care about anything else. But if you ask for extra sauce, big problem, big issue. They get very protective over their sauce, which is why I love Chick-fil-A so much. Chick-fil-A, I'll always say, I know this may sound crazy, but can I get eight packets of sauce? Sir, you don't sound crazy. It would be our pleasure to give you eight packets of sauce. McDonald's, if you want two extra barbecue sauce, you're going to get a look. You may get that two extra barbecue sauce, but you're not going to get it without a stank face. You're not going to get it without a little bit of a look. Might get a little hostile when you ask for that sauce. Anywho, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Berlin Dumb Show, we are indeed moving on. I'll tell you, folks, what, what really does some damage are these Pelotons. Who doesn't want a Peloton right now? And by the way, what an incredible marketing job Peloton has done. Peloton has turned into like Teslas. You got a lot of Peloton stores in the mall. It's not like the Pelotons are being sold at a Brookstone or anything like that. They got their own fucking store in the mall now. And there is a movement going on with the Peloton community. Not only are they taking over stores and malls, they are taking over people's rooms, people's houses. People now have a dedicated Peloton room. There used to be game rooms, living rooms. Now there's just, oh, that would be good for a Peloton room. These things don't take up much room, but people are calling them Peloton rooms. What a phenomenal marketing job these guys have done. And I don't think it's just the marketing. In fact, I know it's not just the marketing because I tried one the other weekend. These things are exceptional. Went over to my buddy's house in Southern Cal. And I got to tell you, I I knew something was up because every single time I talk to him, he's in a full sweat, just dripping sweat. Doesn't matter what time of the day I call him, he's in a full-blown sweat. 9 p.m. at night, full-blown at sweat. Sweat stains everywhere. And I've never known anybody to get a good workout on a bike. Nobody ever gets a good workout on a bike. Let's call a spade a spade. The only people that are getting good workouts on a bike are the guys that are driving on the streets that are hardcore, full-bikers outfit, going 60 miles in one day. 
those are the guys that's getting a little bit of a sweat on a bike. Besides that, I've never walked into the gym, seen somebody on one of those bikes in a full-blown sweat. Never seen it. They're usually fucking around on their phones, watching the TV, all over the place, on the levels, all over the place. I'm one of those guys. That's kind of like a break time to me. These Pelicans, I'm telling you, man, these Pelicans, (laughs) these Pelotons, they're different. They're different, and I want to sweat. I want that drip. I want to come out, just walk into the kitchen in the morning, soaking wet, go into the refrigerator, and grab some sort of cucumber smoothie the way they do in the commercials. Because my, oh, my, does it look good. It just looks like you already won the day. You go one of these Pelotons, and you get that type of sweat to where you got the sweat stains like they're different continents. You won the day. No matter what happens after that, you won. No question about it. And I went on one of these Pelotons. I had to give it a go before we went out to play golf. I mean, it it is an experience like no other. It's like you're in the studio. Everybody's got their own instructor that they go to. He pops up on the screen, on the Peloton screen. You feel like the guy's in the living room. I had this guy named Daryl. Six foot eight African American, looked like a triathlete. This guy could just do it all. He could run, jump, move, punch, box, rest, could just do it all. Not an ounce of body fat on Daryl. And they push you through this workout. Now, the only thing I will say about the Peloton, if you think you're going to ride a Peloton in the morning while other people are sleeping, think again. It's like you're starting up a fucking lawnmower, just revving that thing at six in the morning. They make the Pelotons kind of seem quiet, like you're starting up a Tesla. Nope, far from it. You got an instructor in your face just screaming at you. Daryl's fucking sweating on me from the screen. And Daryl holds you accountable and just keeps pushing you, sometimes too hard. I wish there was an option like there are on treadmills to tone it down. I wish I could tone Daryl down, but I can't. Daryl's telling me to push harder when I'm pushing as fast as I possibly can. These guys are like, they're real. They're in the room with you. Walked on the bike the second day. He goes, oh, Rob, you're late again. What's new? You know what I mean? It's like, these guys are real. I almost feel like I should stop after the Peloton class and just have a conversation with Daryl like they do in the classes. Everybody's got to talk to the instructor after. These Pelotons, man, I am telling you, they are different. There's all types of shit coming out now, not quite like the Peloton. If you want to burn a quick thousand calories in 20 minutes, go see Daryl from Peloton. People even talk like they got a class too. It's like it's a real live yoga class. Hey, you want to go for breakfast tomorrow? No, I got Patty at 8 a.m. Patty who? Patty from Peloton. Peloton Patty. She's my instructor. They just show up in these screens. Imagine when they have 3D too and Daryl just pops up at me. Pelotons, they are the thing of the future. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, only on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Anywho, we are moving on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Crazy Ibrahim, wherever you may be right now. Call me crazy, but I do believe it is indeed that time, that time for everybody's favorite segment. Yes, you got that right. It's the Ask Bob 
segment week by week. You know the drill, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday after Tuesday. I tell you, fine folks, file on into the DM. Submit your questions to be featured for the Ask Bob segment. We are going to most likely have the voicemails, I think, coming back next week. The voicemails have been a hit. I have a blast with them. We're going to get those back up and rolling. I believe we got them going next week. Correct me if I'm wrong out of that, though, Jet. But we will have a dial-up number for you folks who want to submit your questions to the Ask Bob segment for next week. In the meantime, let's jump into the questions we have this week. This one's coming from a young man out of St. Louis, Missouri, Devin Kinlan. Hey, Bob, just wanted to talk coffee for a second here let's talk coffee just curious what your take on starbucks is worth the hype um look i i I don't think there has ever been a coffee with more hype and a craze and a frenzy than starbucks have My, my dad has the rewards program and he's got an account balance this might just be a psycho move which it is he will never let his starbucks balance get anything under 150 dollars to where he will freak out. If he sees his Starbucks account balance go to 144, he'll panic and put $6 more into it. I just, I don't know what it is. The guy loves Starbucks. People love Starbucks. I do like Starbucks. If somebody offers me a Starbucks coffee, I will always say yes. I'm very rarely going to say no. I like it. I think it's great taste. I said on a previous podcast, I really respect what Starbucks has done to their sides. Don't sleep on the Starbucks salad. Do not sleep on the Starbucks protein platter. Do not sleep on the Brooklyn Bantam bagel bites from Starbucks. So I love what they do from a food perspective beyond just coffee. Um, But what I will say, the only problem that I do have with the Starbucks coffee is, is this. A lot of times coffee, I I think the most of us, yes, we need a good taste out of it, but we want coffee to energize us. We want coffee to really get us going, set the tone for the day, give us a little extra spark. The only issue I have with Starbucks is that it doesn't provide that spark for me. It just doesn't. I want my coffee. I think the shittier the coffee, the more energy you're going to have. I want a shitty all black coffee that's just going to fire me up straight from the little machines there. I don't want the mocha froca caramel macchiato. To me, a caramel macchiato, it doesn't give me, it doesn't hype me up. It doesn't give me that boost. I think Starbucks coffee tastes great, but I don't think it gets the job done in regards to energy, which I think is mostly the reason why we do go back to coffee. Yes, we like the taste, but we need to be energized. I think the shittier the coffee, the higher the energy you're going to have. Sometimes when I need an extra boost, I want a shitty, shitty cup of coffee, and it just wires me in. Starbucks doesn't do it. Another issue that I have with Starbucks is uh, nowadays they're trying to do the drive-through, and coffee just wasn't meant for a drive-through. It just wasn't, unless you're McDonald's or true fast food. They just can't do it right because the problem with the Starbucks fast drive through is it's not fast. Fast food coffee is fast. They perfected it. This is what they do. Starbucks just wasn't built for the drive through And I think if anything, the Starbucks drive through takes longer than going inside to the Starbucks. It's like going to an In-N-Out burger. So I could really do without the Starbucks drive through I really can. And I think it affects business 
for the Patreons walking in as well. Just not a big drive through guy. I do like a Starbucks coffee. I think worth the hype, but, but it does bother me that you don't get that energy that we all know and crave from a good cup of coffee. Moving on, we got Corey. That is, uh, my apologies, Connor Trident. Cary, North Carolina. Bob, can we get an update on the Danny Dimes 14 beer challenge? Will he be back for revenge? I like this question a lot. The reason that I like this question and I wanted to bring it up here on the show is we do have a revenge mat set. For those of you that haven't seen the Bob vlogs, the Brilliant Dumb Show on YouTube, please go get signed up, subscribe. We're putting out weekly golf vlogs on there. Um, what I like, we, we had Danny Dimes on there, one of my best friends, uh, our guy. He, he, we play a lot of golf with Danny Dimes. He's an absolute character. We did a vlog with him where the challenge was, can Danny Dimes drink 14 beers while breaking a score of 85? Danny Dimes, we went out to, uh, I think it was Journey at Pachanga, really nice golf course in Southern California, and Danny Dimes went for it. He sucked down the 14 beers, okay? Hammered, but you couldn't really see it. That's the thing about Danny Dimes. He stays even keel. He's one of those rare guys where a certain amount of beers really doesn't affect his golf game, and it really doesn't change him as a person. It's like the guy just doesn't even really get drunk. So we did 14 beer challenge, um, and he had to break 85. Did the 14 beers, ended up shooting an 86. So yes, Danny Dimes will be back for revenge. This time he wants to up the ante, come back even stronger. He's doing an 18 beer challenge. 18 holes, 18 beers, has to break the score of 85. Once we put that vlog out, I had a lot of people message me saying, I could drink more than Danny Dimes. I want to take on the challenge. And yes, there may be somebody that could drink more than Danny Dimes, but the, the key thing of this challenge is not just drinking the beers, but at the same time, being able to break that score of 85, which is just not an easy thing to do. So I do think there's a decent amount of people that could put down that many beers, but can you break the score of 85? So Danny Dimes will be going, I believe we're recording it this week, probably should be out sometime next week. Danny Dimes. 18 beers, has to break a score of 85. We're going to be doing it at Pelican Hill. Um, I can never do it. I would have no chance, not just at the 85, but the 18 beers either. And I think the strategy that Danny Dimes is going to do is he's going to just hammer beers right out of the gate. He said, ideally, if he could get about 12, 13 down in nine holes and then put it a little bit on cruise control from a drinking standpoint and then just worry about his golf game, I think it'll be fascinating. We'll have a camera rolling on him the entire time. 18 holes, 18 beers. Can Danny Dimes break the score of 85? Coming soon, most likely at Pelican Hill. Next question here we have coming out of Jason Kinnearum, Springfield, Massachusetts. He says, it amazes me that you have not done a top five Chick-fil-A item list. Mr. Kinnearum, if you want a top five Chick-fil-A item list, I am going to give you a top five Chick-fil-A item list. We're going to go five to one, one being the highest. This is my spot. We all know by now, for those of you friends of the pod, my fascination with Chick-fil-A, how they just do things right top to bottom from a service standpoint, from a, from a quality standpoint, top to bottom, these guys are, are the best 
in the business. I go at least once a week for better or worse, but I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. This is my top five Chick-fil-A items starting at five. Number five, we're rolling out with the hot take right out of the gate. I'm going chicken noodle soup. I get how hot of a take that is. I understand that. Don't knock it till you tried it. Ladies and gentlemen, Chick-fil-A does chicken noodle soup right. Chick-fil-A is the only spot that I would trust enough to order a chicken noodle soup from. In fact, I'm not even a very big chicken noodle soup guy. I am now, thanks to the boys in red and white. And this is what just amazes me about this franchise. The fact that they could perfect so many things, wall to wall, coast to coast, consistently, week in, week out, the chicken noodle soup. I've said it before. Don't knock it till you try it at Chick-fil-A is spectacular. Number four, I got the Chick-fil-A mac and cheese. Ladies and gentlemen, the meal is never enough. And I've said on an earlier podcast when we did the McDonald's top five, that whenever you go to one of these places, the, the, the number one meal, the number two meal, it's usually not enough. You got to have a filler item. You got to hit that side item. For McDonald's, I said it's you know good to go with the McChicken for that filler item. This way you get the hamburger and you get the chicken. You The meal just doesn't fully do it. And when you go to Chick-fil-A, you get the chicken sandwich meal. What's going to top it all off, your filler item, is no doubt about it, the mac and cheese. It's the best filler item you're going to find out there. Get yourself a Chick-fil-A meal. And when it's never enough, add on that mac and cheese. You will be very, very happy. That's a big game, Bob, guarantee. Number three, the Chick-fil-A lemonade. Yes, I said it, the lemonade. I don't know what's in this Chick-fil-A lemonade. I don't know how it's made, why it's made, nor do I give a shit. Chick-fil-A has got something real special going on with that lemonade. It, it, it is, and, and the way that the lemonade blends in with the entire meal is fascinating to me. I don't know if they created the lemonade to enhance the overall meal. It's like a red wine and steak. It just goes hand in hand. The wine enhances the steak. The steak enhances the wine. That's what the Chick-fil-A lemonade does. It is truly something very special. I know it's weird to have a liquid in the top five. Yes, liquid in the top five, lemonade at number three. Number two, we're going with the waffle fries. You talk about a, a, a French fry that can withstand a good sauce that is the Chick-fil-A sauce. You're talking about the Chick-fil-A waffle fry. These things do damage. Now, I think Chick-fil-A gets a lot of credit, credit that they deserve. Something that I do not think gets enough credit that's not talked about in the streets enough is that Chick-fil-A waffle fry. Everyone is on ooh and ah over the McDonald's French fries. Yes, it's a good French fry, but my oh my. Chick-fil-A waffle fry does damage and not a whole lot of places out there that's got the balls to go with the waffle fry. Not a very common, not a very popular fry. Chick-fil-A has changed that. Chick-fil-A waffle fry, I got it number two. And again, is not talked about 
enough. And there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, although you should all know the answer to this, can I get a drum roll, please, from wherever you are? Number one, Chick-fil-A item without question, the chicken sandwich, the staple of Chick-fil-A, the pioneer of the chicken sandwich. No question about it. Now there's this big chicken sandwich frenzy. Popeyes came out with the chicken sandwich. Now KFC is adjusting and doing a different chicken sandwich. McDonald's is now doing a chicken sandwich. That is all because of the goat, the holy grail, the ones that started it all, the pioneers, the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. You just can't be it, ladies and gentlemen. You simply cannot. In my opinion, the number one fast food item there is out there is the Chick-fil-A sandwich. They have perfected chicken, and I don't think they're turning back anytime soon. I don't think they're slowing down anytime soon. Ladies and gentlemen, talk about not slowing down. The Brilliant Um Show here is never slowing down. We appreciate your support. We appreciate the love. Get signed up for the Patreon. If you want in on that extra content, if you want the weekly happy hours, if you want the extra podcast, we got all the cast of the characters coming on to the podcast, coming on to the happy hours. It is a blast. Don't click the link in my bio. Smash the link in my bio on Instagram. Get signed up to the Brilliantly Dumb Show Patreon. It'll be the best move you've ever made. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a family there. We appreciate every single one of you out there for the constant support. We will be back next week. I'm Big Game Bob, over and out. We will see you next week on the Brilliant Dumb Show.